nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. From the D Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Megas Mark Bourbon, this is Go Tread America. Your host, the new year, new me, Don Q. Ha ha! How's everybody doing out there today? It is January 1st, 2024, Monday, that is, 1124. All right, guys, it is a new year here at the D-Time Show, and like always, I'm here. Now, I know it's Monday, I usually do Sunday, Tuesday, I get it, I get it. Listen, it's New Year's Eve, it's New Year's Eve. All right, I'm here today. That's better than pretty much anyone else that's doing podcast is doing. So, you're welcome. Okay, so a couple of things real quick. I've got an interesting topic to talk to you guys about today. I think that it's a very interesting topic. If I could all of a sudden get the hiccups and hiccup through this whole situation, we would be doing fabulous. So, <laughs> I started thinking about some things, and... And I am as guilty as as anyone else in doing this. And I constantly talk, in other podcasts, we all constantly talk. And it's not so much a mainstream media and or podcast thing. It's it's more of a independent, small, thinking outside the box, I guess, podcast type mentality, I guess would be a good way to put it. But... um. We're constantly talking about a civil war. Are we in a civil war? Are we about to be in a civil war? Are we on the brinks of a civil war? Civil war, civil war, civil war. So, I was asking, I was talking to myself the other day because, you know, sometimes that's the best company I have. <laughs> and I says, I says to myself, I says, self, what's the difference between a revolutionary war and a civil war? Other than we could say the civil war... In America, blah, blah, blah. The Revolutionary War in America, blah, blah, blah. Right? But what is the actual difference between the two? And maybe 
Are we on the brink of a revolutionary civil war in this country? What do I mean by that? Stay tuned and we'll talk about it here in just a second. First of all, let's cover some business, guys. 2023 was a very good year for us here at the Don't Tread on America podcast, and I credit you guys 100%. So just a brief synopsis to get into some of the business and to let you understand exactly where I'm at with this show. Now, um, for the most part, it's me. Now, occasionally Chris will be on the show. Occasionally he'll send me stuff. Occasionally we'll talk about certain things. But for the most part, it's me. I do get stories from listeners. And it uh, might be stuff that I'm covering or thinking about covering or so on and so forth or have already covered. Um, and I'm not saying 100% of the show is me. It's all me. Screw you guys. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's probably 85% me and then 15% other folks. So. Um, we started the show, Chris, you know, was a regular on the show back when we started in January of 21, um, on the, I don't know the exact date when we started 20, uh, January 6th or 7th or something. It's coming up on the, on the three year anniversary, but nonetheless, um, we started the show. We were doing it two or three days a week and who are we, right? We're just two knuckleheads that, or just regular people, <laughs> just like you guys, you know, two guys with full-time jobs doing a part-time podcast, just kind of recording our thoughts and airing them for you guys to listen to. That's essentially all this show is, and that's essentially what all podcasts are. And and the thing I think that's different about this show versus most of your other podcasts, for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part, are these people are paid to say the things they say, and and maybe that paycheck kind of hinders what they really think or what they should be saying. In this case, I don't get a paycheck, and I can say whatever the hell I want, and I will never take a paycheck for this show and not be able to say the things I want to say. So it, it is what it is. But just to give you a brief synopsis, uh, we're doing the show three, going on three years, um, not including this show, we've done 351 shows, okay? So in that time, we've had, um, what, 33,800 some odd downloads, okay? Now, obviously, <laughs> that doesn't sound, oh God, Joe, Joe Rogan gets that in the first minute he put, okay, I get that, I get that. But like I said before, who am I? This is a guy who, me, who has no name recognition, has no show recognition. Uh, for the most part, I think the show gets shadow banned a lot because of our logo. And to get to me, to get 33, almost 34,000 downloads in three years sounds pretty good. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Okay, you're thinking three years, that's only 10,000, 11,000 downloads a year. You're, you suck. Okay, cool, whatever. This is the way I look at it. Okay, so in the first year... Did just over 5,000 downloads. Okay. Second year, did over 7,000 downloads for a combined of 12, 13,000 downloads. Um, this past year, we were over 20,000 downloads, 20,400 and something to be exact. Um, did 134 shows this year. Okay. And that's an average of 150 downloads per show. Once again, doesn't sound like a big deal. I get it. But you got to think that's 
20,000 some odd downloads from all over the world um, listening to what I have to say. And a lot of you guys and gals come back. You subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You follow the show. You might follow me on Facebook. You might follow me on Twitter. You might follow me wherever you might subscribe to the website. And I'm appreciative appreciative of that some of you have visited the detom store some of you have bought some stuff and that's awesome too so in this one year this past year we've gotten 20,000 downloads the first two years combined was 13 give or take so we're growing is where I'm going with this is we're growing now would I love to double that number this year yes 40,000 downloads this year would be awesome but it all starts with you guys because I don't really have the money to promote the show. Now, that's kind of why I started the DTOM sh- uh, store was to make money not for me to put in my pocket, but to be able to promote the show. That's why I keep telling you, hey, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, go down to the link, DTOM store, buy a t-shirt, buy some stickers, buy something. Not that... I'm trying to quit my job and live off the DTOM store. That's not my point here. My point is to be able to grow the show without having to come out of my pocket any more than I'm already having to do so by running the show in general. I would love to be able to advertise the show, promote the show, so on and so forth. But that costs money. And as we all know, money's tight. Oh, Don, money's tight. You're telling us to go to your store and buy something. I get that. Stickers, the stickers on there aren't that expensive. You can slap that on your car, on your truck, whatever, and it's free shipping. So you're only talking a couple dollars to buy some stickers. If you want to get a license plate frame, it's only a couple dollars. Yeah, the t-shirts and sweatshirts, I get it. They're 20, 30 bucks. I understand that. But there's other things on there that aren't terribly expensive, and you're just going to help me out being able to promote the show. Another way you can also help me out is by, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, and I know I say this time and time again, guys, but it really doesn't take much effort for you to go in there and hit five-star. If you feel that this show deserves it, and I would have to assume that you would think it does. And I'm not saying to judge me off of any individual show. I know there's some days I don't bring the thunder. I get it. You know, there's some days that I do. Base me on my overall, not my one show, or two shows, or 100, you know. And it's simple. You're, you're already on the podcast. You're already on the app. You're already listening. Oh, man, that was, this Don, he does a pretty good job. For him just being a regular old dude, let's, let's go ahead and fill that five-star. And better yet, if you want to leave a message, a review, and say, hey, you know, whatever, whatever, cool. That helps. That helps. And that doesn't cost you a penny. It doesn't cost you a penny to listen to the show. It doesn't cost you a penny to leave a review. It just takes a little bit of time. And in, when I say a little bit of time, it takes you like five minutes, maybe. And you're listening to it right now. You can go ahead and do it while you're listening to it. Just stop what you're doing real quick. Five star. Don's great. He gives us chocolate cake. You know, whatever. I don't care. Boom. Um, same thing with Spotify. You can leave a review there. Those things help, and they don't cost you anything. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to the show. Once again, it doesn't cost you anything. It's free. Okay, and then share the show. You obviously have friends that have the same thought process that you do, or more than likely you wouldn't be friends with them. That's just how we are in society. 
And you could just say, I was listening to this guy today and he was talking about whatever. I thought you might be interested in this. Let me share this with you. Once again, doesn't cost you anything. So those are just a few of the things you could do to help me out. Obviously, the D-Time store would be beneficial monetarily, helping me to be able to promote the show. But there's plenty of free things you can do also to help me out. So let's do that. Let's keep the D-Time train rolling down the tracks. And let's have an even better year this year. Also, one more thing, if you are so inclined, whatever other podcast that you listen to and I know you do because I do and that's just the way it is maybe throw an email to them saying hey you should check this guy out he's pretty good he has the same thought processes that you do you know I think you guys would be good together on a show blah 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 whatever um I've had a listener do that reached out to Charlie Robinson I was on his show on his uh radio show that he does um hopefully um We'll be able to collaborate again this year, maybe more so on his podcast. I'm trying to get on Union of the Unwanted, Tim Foyle Hat. You know, I'm just trying to throw things out there. I made a big Twitter X whatever post today, kind of with my New Year's resolution for the show. So hopefully, maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe it looks like I'm desperate. Whatever, whatever, right? Sometimes I have to do some self-promotion because I need you guys to help along. Now, I would rather the listeners do that because it doesn't look like I'm being needy, I guess is a good word for it. So anyway, on with the show. So the are we on the brinks? And I've asked this question a number of times, and I've said that we are on the brinks. I haven't even asked are we. I, I statement statemented it more so than ask the question that we are on the brink of a civil war but like i said the other day i was thinking is it is it a civil civil war or is it a revolutionary war or is it a combination of the two so civil war versus a revolutionary war what's the difference and what's the comparisons okay so every human is born with basic rights like the right to freedom and freedom of speech but sometimes people are suppressed and their basic rights are taken away. Then some people start showing their true colors. And this may sometimes lead to civil wars fought between two groups or when the government passes such laws or activities that are not appealing to the people. Then people come together to go against the government, united, leading to a series of revolutions marking the history of changes so now i wrote all this earlier this morning and i'm gonna i'm gonna read what i wrote but i'm also gonna break out and give you some uh ideas so um just you know just stick with me here so both terms civil war and revolution uh are sometimes used interchangeably but there's a vast difference so, a civil war is an internal armed conflict that arises within a country involving opposite, op, opposing <laughs> factions fighting for control of the existing government. A revolution is a widespread fundamental change in a society's government and social structures achieved through a popular uprising. Real quick. So, 
as far as in America we're concerned, Revolutionary War, just the basic cliff notes, uh, we got pissed off because we were taxation without representation. We were pissed off at the, at the king, right? So on and so forth. We wanted our own country, right? The Civil War kind of, I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's a fine line between two different words, but sort of similar, Essentially, the Civil War was this. Now, if you ask the average regular person, why was why was the Civil War fought? What what happened? What led? What events led to the Civil War? And I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, whoever you ask, they're going to say it was because of slavery, because they wanted to abolish slavery, and the South didn't because they're a bunch of racist rednecks and and they didn't want it. And that's that's going to be your basic answer to any normal average person that you ask when in actuality yes that's kind of right but it's really more so because the federal government wanted to impose its rights and its laws on states that states felt they had the rights to determine what was right and what was wrong in this case it being slavery because they the, the, the federal government wanted to abolish slavery and we always get confused the Civil War, what was the North versus the South. And that's kind of right, but in actuality, it was more the federal government versus the South, the Union versus the Confederate. The reason the, the North, so to speak, got caught up in the whole North versus South was because the Northern states agreed with abolishing slavery and the Southern states didn't. Uh, northern states didn't depend on slavery. They depended on immigration to run their factories, whereas the South, and we talked about this, so I don't want to go into great detail, but the South um, used slave labor to tend to the crops, right? So, uh, obviously, the, the federal government, being the Union, used the Northern people to fight its war in the South, but essentially, much like the Revolutionary War, where you had, uh, I mean, in, in all honesty, it was a small group of people that wanted to break free from, from England. It wasn't like everyone in the colony said, we want to be free, we want to be our own country. That's not the case. It was literally <laughs> 3% of the population, which is why you hear the term 3%ers nowadays. That's what that means. Now, um, so you had a small group it wanted to be its own country because they were sick of what the government of England was doing. And they felt, these people, that they should have the right to be able to determine what they do in the 13 colonies and that England doesn't, isn't, shouldn't be allowed to impose their will. Okay, so sort of like how the Civil War was. The only difference was it was within this country. It wasn't a an opposing country, because that's what we look at the Revolutionary War. It was an opposing country, but technically, technically, at the time, it wasn't. At the time, we were part of England. Okay, we weren't the American. We weren't the United States of America. We were the thirteen colonies of Britain, of England. We were part of England, so technically, it was a Revolutionary Civil War. Because we didn't agree with what our government at the time was doing to us. Much like how the Civil War transposed. So, a civil war 
is an internal armed conflict that arises within a country involving oppressing factions, fighting for control of the existing govern, uh, government. A revolution is a widespread fundamental change in society's government and social structures achieved through a popular uprising. Now, those are very similar, like I just said. So, if a civil war is an internal armed conflict, okay, technically, if you go back, and I'm just using American history here, and I'm not going to talk about other countries that have gone through similar situations because I don't, I don't know everything about that. I'm focusing on American history. So, at the time, 1775, we, in America, the colonists, were England, were Britain, whatever, uh, citizens, Okay, we might have lived over here, but we were citizens of England, or Great Britain, whatever whatever the terminology is. So, there was an armed conflict that arose within this country, opposing factions fighting for control of the existing government. That's a civil war, but doesn't that also explain what we did during the Revolutionary War? So, for example, the American Civil War was fought over the successions of states over the federal government's abolishment of slavery. I just told you that. <laughs> Revolutions are fought between the people and the government when some acts or laws that govern them are found to be obstructing and take place. See, and this is where, the, this is a fine line. The American Civil War was fought over successions of states because the federal government wanted to abolish slavery. Revolutions are fought between the people and government Right, when some acts or laws that govern them, slavery, abolishment of slavery. You see what I'm saying? They're very. It's a very fine line. So, what is a civil war? The civil war is also known as an interstate war by other names. It is a war fought between different social, ethnic, and religious groups that different opinions to achieve a particular goal. So that's why you hear that term thrown around nowadays because of social, you know, so social uh, groups, whether they're MAGA or Democrats or Antifa or whatever, uh, ethnic, white, black, Hispanic, whatever, religious groups, right? Jewish, we're seeing a lot of this now, right? So it started with kind of a social thing, then it went into an ethnic thing, Right into a religious thing. That's where we're at now uh, with different opinions to achieve a particular goal. A civil war isn't a very defined term in the books of history. Still, one of the possible definitions given by James Ferron is civil war is a violent conflict within a country that is generally fought among organized groups. Such groups changing the existing government policies act or any law they might feel oppressed towards okay so in that definition the way he explains it is during the american civil war you had the states of the south so you had whatever however many states there were i'm not gonna go through the whole history of the civil war but you guys get the idea so north south carolina georgia florida blah blah blah, blah right were individual states trying to succeed from the union so they were already organized governments in their own right okay that um, they, were, you know, they were organized, so trying to change what the federal government wanted to do as far as abolishing slavery. 
So you're with me, right? So the intensity of any civil war between the countries is calculated by the damage caused to the economy or the country itself and to whom the rights were allotted. Civil war caused a lot of disturbance in the system and the working of any uh, country as it's led to bloodshed, violence, and the killing of thousands and thousands of people. There are many possible explanations and reasons why a civil war takes place. The very, uh, excuse me, hold on. <laughs> the very evaluated uh, reasons are the greed that individuals seek to maximize profits. So this is where we kind of go astray from a civil war today. Because the explanation they're giving of how a civil war is or was in the America Civil War. You had a faction of states, organized states, going against the federal government. Well, most of what people call a civil war today isn't necessarily a state thing. Now, if there's any states that would fit into this terminology right now, it would be Texas. And the reason I say that is with Texas voting to succeed from the union. But there's no other state voting to do that yet. So that's where I don't believe that we are necessarily headed towards a civil war. That's why I combine it with a revolutionary civil war. And we'll get to revolution here in just a minute. So, um, where was I at? Civil war causes. There were many people. Okay. So there are many possible explanations and reasons why a civil war takes place. The very, I already read that. Sorry. (laughs) The grievance is a social and political unstable equilibrium and opportunities are social and, God damn it, Don, inequity and poverty operation. You would think I didn't write this fucking shit earlier today. (sighs) Sorry. The ultimate achieving goal of the civil war is a different for every ethnic group that has ever fought. For example, the American civil war was fought between the slavery and non-slavery groups to abolish slavery. Civil War starts with the spark when two groups with differences meet. That ultimately leads the, to the spark growing and growing to political unstable equilibrium, failing economy, bloodshed, violence, and even death. So that's where they're getting today as far as being a on the brink of a civil war because of when you have two different groups. Now, I think the difference here is it's not necessarily two different groups. I think there's a faction of groups that a lot of these people... We all have different ideas. And, well, I'll get to why I think that is here in just a little bit. So, the revolution has always been a very complicated term and has never been explained well, but one of the most distinct definitions is. So, Aristotle, a Greek philosopher, very well explained this hard-to-find term. He defined revolution as a fundamental change in a state organization that takes place quickly. A revolt of population against the authority or government, according to him, a political revolution could lead to a modification of the existing constitution or entirely change the political system that has governed the country for decades. Right? Their results include major changes in cultural economy, social political standards, A revolution can start 
with either violence or nonviolence, but revolutions were generally with uh, generally without violence in history. The revolution is formed between the country's general criticisms and the government forming particular laws or acts. Revolution generally exists within a year and doesn't go beyond. The revolution comes up uh, with the two possibilities of either government changing the laws or acts or sometimes even abolishing the constitution due to the kind of violence that started uh, taking place in the country or the government winning with the opposing uh, with the opposing them with the factors like use of military. So revolutions. So real quick before I go any further. So that to me that kind of more explains what's going on now, and that's why I'm combining the terms because I feel we are on the brinks of a revolution based on the things like if you've been listening to the show and you listen to shows like this, we all have the same thought that there's something going on and we can sit here and blame Biden. We can blame the uh, deep state. We can blame all these people. We can blame whoever. And I believe that's where your revolution takes place. And where I say it's a revolutionary civil war is because we're are the media and social media and mainstream media, whatever, focuses on so much divide of social and racial and uh, religious factions. And they throw all that shit together, right? And you constantly see it on TV. Whether it's a white cop killing a black pedestrian, you know, black citizen. You see white killing black or black killing white or uh, Asian hate or Jew hate or Palestinian hate or whatever, there's always hate, hate, hate. And it's always some com- combination of, of whatever, whether it's a race uh, or um, religious or social uh, atmosphere mixed into that. Then on top of that, you have what the government <laughs> is doing to all of us. No matter you're white, black, brown, Hispanic, purple, green, Asian, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, it doesn't matter. And it's almost like, in my opinion, that the media, the mainstream media, is a, is a, is an arm of the government. And their job is to go out there and create this divide amongst us. Okay? While in the meantime, the government is doing their crazy shit to all of us. And then the media then spins it, whether it's all MAGA Republicans, blah, 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 or uh, stupid Democrats, blah, 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 or Donald Trump, blah, 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 or Joe Biden, blah, 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 Kamala Harrison sucks dick, blah, 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 right? And <laughs> and then you get whatever side you're on. You're like, yeah, fuck Joe Biden. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, fuck them all. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's their job. In the meantime, the government is fucking us all. <laughs> And that's why I constantly sit there and use the term, we, the people, need to quit doing this shit. We need to open our eyes to what is going on. And you've got to understand that what is happening in this country, number one, is, okay, I'm not telling you to not watch the news. Not tell you, if you want to watch CNN, if you have a favorite CNN host or whatever, or Fox or whatever you watch, there's no problem in, in that. But watch it with, with uh, I don't know the word I want to use there, but with, uh, obst- you know, I don't want to say obstinance, but, you know, with, with just with open eyes, I guess is a good way to put it. 
and try and don't take whatever whoever is saying whatever I said whoever whatever they are saying take it with a grain of salt right and and then do your research on top of that because both sides are right but also both sides are wrong it doesn't make any sense does it that's the job of the media is to confuse you and hope that you've picked a side whether you're white black hispanic asian foreign domestic whatever whatever your religion is whatever your ethnicity is whatever your social class is it doesn't matter they're hoping that whatever they're saying will cause you to have feel some sort of way about whoever isn't you okay and it's that constant a bullshit on you in the meantime the government's the one fucking us all okay so uh, revolutions in a dictatorship are wide scale, uh, widespread because a dictator always works against the people's will now technically in this country we are not technically in a dictatorship and i'm not saying that biden's a dictator or trump or obama or bush or whoever else but think about the words of what i'm saying here and we live in this country under the belief that we elect a president and Congress and Senate and whoever, and that those people are there to do our will. Okay, so then obviously, if you voted for Donald Trump last go around and he didn't win, uh, however that came to be, whether it was legitimate, not legitimate, whatever, you and especially if you feel that it was stolen, then obviously you feel some sort of way about Joe Biden. But in all actuality, they're all the same. They're all dictators in their own right. Now, um, they don't, they work against the people's will. They, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, whoever, they're not up there as president of the United States for the people doing what we all what 350 some odd million i think it was the latest update uh want it's what the 40 whatever percent got them voted in once that's where you have a lot of problems in this country you have a president whoever that president is that might have only garnered 40 some odd percent of the vote well, then that gives you 50-some-odd percent of the people that are like, this is bullshit. And then on top of it, the 40-some-odd percent that might have voted, and we'll use Biden, for example, because he's the current president. If you voted for him just to oppose Donald Trump for whatever reason, now you're having buyer's remorse, so to speak. Now you're feeling some sort of way because he's not, and we're picking on him because he's the current president. He's not working in this country's best interest and the people's best interest which would kind of lead him and label him as a dictator so democracies that exist in the past or at present have seen very few revolutions occur history has many revolutions like the american revolutionary war the french revolution the european revolution and the ruffin ruffin russian <laughs> revolution Major differences between a civil war and a revolutionary war are civil war was fought between two religious or socio groups, whereas revolution 
was between citizens of a country opposing any law or acts uh, passed by the government. And I don't know that that's necessarily true. Or, I mean, it is true. I shouldn't say it's not true. That's why I'm combining the two. So if the, if the difference is, if the major difference is civil war, two religious or socio groups. So religion and social groups, okay? Revolution, citizens of a country opposing any law or act passed by the government. That's why I'm saying we're on the brinks of a revolutionary civil war because we are citizens of a country that oppose laws and acts passed by the government, whether you like or dislike those laws. And we, the citizens of this country, belong to religious and multi-religion and multi-social groups and it's the media's job because you got to think back in 1862 not that there wasn't media but it, it took effort to get your quote-unquote media it's not like today right there was no such thing as tvs or radios or whatever that you could just listen to whoever on the radio or or on the tv and go with what they were saying you had to find a paper hope hope that you could read not not for nothing, but it's not like the literary. Listen to me, I can't even talk. The literary. God damn it! The reading rate was was tremendously high back in those days. Not that it's much better now, I guess, evidently. But um, now it's like you don't have to know anything. You can just turn on a radio, a TV, a podcast, or whatever. And and if that's the person you like, you're going to listen to what that person says. Um, the Civil War always turned out to be violent, including weapons leading to bloodshed and millions of deaths, whereas revolutions are considered nonviolent. For instance, the Satragera that was led by Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Gandhi opposed laws set by the British government. See, and that's where I'm combining the two. So if a revolution in worldview isn't violent, and let's forget about that, because a revolution, as far as American was concerned, was violent. Obviously not as violent and deadly as the Civil War. Thus the reason why I say this is a revolutionary civil war. Civil wars and always ended up with one of the groups attacking, or I'm sorry, attaining uh, victory. Still, that victory also resulted in political instability bloodshed and violence in contrast a revolution was the fuck was that fucking motorcycles <laughs> uh, was either won by citizens and laws and acts were taken by in some cases dissolving this constitution or the government winning and uh, laws being in power civil war sometime lasted for decades whereas revolutions lasted a year to maintain political stability and that's where I'm combining the two. I don't think we're on the brinks of a revolution. I don't think we're on the brink of a civil war. Because I think every factor that it takes to make either of those situations happen is happening. So it's it's all conjumbled up. So next time you're listening to a podcast or watching TV or listening to the radio and that person's talking about, oh, is America on the brink of a civil war? Say no, it's it's a revolutionary civil war. It's combining revolution with the fighting amongst groups of people. So 
Um, going through like articles over the past couple of years, I, I found this one. So is America on the verge of revolution? Now, this was written back in 2020. Okay. So America be America could be on the verge of revolution. Uh, this is I, this is just a uh, post on uh, on the computer thing here. So I I don't even know who wrote it. So we're just, it says Daniel. I don't know who Daniel is, but whatever. He goes. I think the United States in 2020 displayed some disturbing similar similarities to France in 1789. Observers. As diverse as uh, Rod Dareher, Michael Moore, Brent Weinstein note the revolutionary nature of the events in American streets, in particular the burning of uh, police stations, seizures of areas of cities, and toppling of statues is behavior a revolutionary mob, not a protest. So now this is based on like the Summer of Love and the stuff that happened in Seattle and Minnesota and stuff like that. For instance... Uh, one of the first events of the American Revolution in, in New City was the destruction of a statue of King George III. On July 9th, 1776, a mob of patriots celebrated the newly signed Declaration of Independence by pulling down and smashing the statue of the king on the city's Bowling Green. The patriots melted most of the statue down to make bullets for George Washington's troops to fire at the king's soldiers. However, untapped New York claims pieces of the statue still exist so is it a revolution we need to fear attacks on statues because revolutions are revolts of the powerless revolutionaries attack statutes of dead leaders because they are a symbol of power revolutions begin when some people realize it's powerless or fears it's it is powerless the american revolution for instance began when the colonists uh, realized they were powerless in the british empire Likewise, the, civil, the American Civil War broke out because Southerners feared they could soon lose their power in the United States. Similar groups who believe they are powerless include blacks, leftists, and the young lead today's Americans' revolution. So yes, it does look like a revolution. Um, so they claim that the events unfolding in our streets are the beginnings of the revolution. Hold some truth. Their uh, so-called protesters are acting like revolutionaries. However, history shows such uprisings do not lead to revolutions. France experienced the massive uprising in, eight, in 1968, for instance. In 1968, there was a student uprising, led to riots, protests, barricades in the streets, and a national strike. The chaos in 1968 temporarily drove uh, President Charles de Gaulle out of the country, yet the French government did not collapse Conversely, many uh, French people view the disruption in 68 as the beginning of the modern France. Characteristics of the Revolution. Thus, uh, it is an excellent time to look at some historical revolutions and identify the characteristics of a revolutionary uprising. We need such analysts because most of the popular myths about revolutions are wrong. First, the most effective and destructive revolutions are spontaneous and unexpected. In fact, revolutions often take everybody by surprise, even professional revolutionaries. And here's where I'm going to break away from this article because I think that the majority of, of Americans are so uh, oblivious to what is actually going on that it would catch them by surprise. I think people like me and you guys listening to this show and, and other shows like this 
might not be surprised, but how big in retrospect of a number is that compared to the population? I think if you if you had this conversation with just a normie, just a regular old person, and asked them if you if they felt the country was on the verge of a civil war, they'd probably tell you you're crazy. Get out of here. Why would it be? Why? Because Biden? Well, that's crazy. Why? Because Trump? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but maybe, you know. So I think I think the biggest thing is this. Now, one of the things that I wrote earlier was how um, revolutions would be hard to fought, be fought in this country because, um, and even even Biden said this like last year, whenever it was, about the guns that we hold, that Americans hold versus what the military holds, right? And, uh, you know, it was uh, it's like you have a F-14 or a tank or whatever, okay? And here's where that differs. So the American military is there is an a, a US military, right? We have the army, marines, navy, right? But a lot of of those people are comprised by national guardsmen, okay? And reservists. Now, a lot of those people are comprised of a state military, whatever state. So each state has somewhat of a military and just give you a brief brief idea what i'm talking about if i can get to it real quick so if there were to be a revolution or a or and or a civil war and we'll call it a revolutionary civil war it wouldn't be necessarily me and you with our you know guns that we might have versus the u.s military you would have to take a state, whatever state you live in. I live in Florida, so we'll use that for example. So the state of Florida is roughly 20-some-odd million people, okay? Um, regardless of how many guns are in the state, because I'll get to that in a minute, you have, with it being such a populated state, and it's a small state in general, um, there's obviously a lot of police, there's a lot of sheriffs, there's a lot of uh, law enforcement, um, also there is a pretty large national guard in the state that would probably under the, under the leadership of the governor at the time right now is Ron DeSantis, um, would be our military, Texas, same California, same every state, same for the most part, because some states don't have an active defense force. So if there were to be a revolutionary civil war, and if it was state versus state or even region versus region, how would it break down? Well, the sad thing is, is you have plenty of states in the south and plenty of states in the north that don't have an active National Guard. Um, Now, some of your larger populated states do. And that's mainly because of the population they help with law enforcement essentially so you would have a large group of states that are well populated that have their own military that have tanks and all those 
weapons that Joe Biden talks of. And in conjunction with the fact that, obviously we know this, but the United States has the highest per capita rate of civilian firearm ownership at 120 firearms per 100 people. That means that technically, I know this isn't actual, but technically everyone in this country owns a gun. Now, obviously that's not true because five-year-olds don't own guns and there are some people that just are afraid of guns, which means there are people, there are people, there are people out there that own multiple guns, right? So American civilians own 46% of the world's firearms. Now, this is more of a threat to the world, so if you try to do anything, 50, almost 50% of the firearms in this world are owned by us. Keep that in mind, but nonetheless. So, um, like, and this is kind of skewed, so I'm going to kind of break away from this, but like Montana, for example, has the highest amount of gun ownerships with 66%. So you think, damn, 66% of Montanans own guns. Yeah, but how many people live in Montana? You know, in conjunction with, say, 40, 30, I think it's 40% of Floridians own guns. But there's 20-something million people in this state, so you do the math, right? <laughs> That's what, 8 million people that own guns in this state. So, on a people-to-gun ratio, even though Montana might have 66% of their population that owns guns, there's only 100,000 people to live there, right? So, anyway... So, if you take a populated state like Florida or California or Texas that have an active National Guard, that have a high, well, not so much California, but Florida and, and Texas that have a high population of people that own guns in conjunction with other states that might not have an active National Guard and also don't have a high number of gun ownership, where does that leave you in the fight, so to speak? So, I guess, in essence, in conclusion, I guess the way we can end this is, we are all doomed. No. <laughs> do I believe, I guess, obviously I do, or I wouldn't have wrote all this, that this country is in store for something. Is that something going to happen this year? I don't think so. I don't necessarily believe that 2024 is going to be the year. Well, I guess... I guess technically it could be, but it'd be more towards the end of the year after voting. Because look at what's going on right now. Okay, so you already have a state in Texas that's voting on seceding from the union. No one's talking about it, but it's happening. It's happening in March. But you also have states that's trying to kick Trump off of the ballot. Now, whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, if you think he did something wrong or you didn't think he did something wrong, whatever... Until he's actually been convicted, tried, and is in prison, he has every right to run for president if he so chooses. Okay? So, Colorado and, well, Michigan, it's already failed, but who was the other? Oh, uh, was it uh, Maine? I think it was the latest one. Uh, and there's plenty of other states that are going through this. But now, also, you have states saying, well, and Florida being one of them, that we need to keep Biden off the off the ballot because of what he's doing at the border. And this is what you're going to get. You're going to this is where your civil quote unquote war and successions of states is going to start. So if you have states that are saying we don't want Trump on the ballot 
because of, you know, insurrection. And we don't want Biden on, in other states saying we don't want Biden on the ballot because of what he's doing at the border, which is one of the main reasons why Texas is doing what it's doing. You you already have a divide. So let's say when it comes down to it, it's Trump versus Biden. But you have a chunk of the country that doesn't have Trump on, the, on their, their ballot and you have a chunk of the country that doesn't have Biden on the ballot. And then one of those two still wins just like they did with Lincoln. Lincoln was kicked off of ballots in 1864. He still won. Kind of helped lead into um, the Civil War. So that's where I'm kind of like, is that where we're going? If one of those two are the the nominees and one of those two obviously win, it's going to piss off a number of states, no matter who it is. And it's not going to be like it was last time when Trump won and everyone was oh, screaming in the streets. Um, or when Biden won and well, all we did was bitching and playing that there was cheating. It's going to be it's going to be worse than that. No matter who it is that wins, I think you're going to see an uprising of people. Not just screaming in the street or yelling that someone cheated. It's going to be worse. And to the point where I think that's where you see states like, let's say Florida, for example that is trying to kick Biden off the ballot, if Biden ends up being the president again, does Florida vote to succeed? What happens in March if Texas, if that if that vote goes through, what happens then? You know, these are just questions that everyone should be asking themselves. And I know I'm just crazy old Don here talking some bullshit, but it's ser- I'm serious. This is stuff that people really need to start thinking about. Obviously, nothing's going to happen tomorrow. And it might be a year. It might be longer. But I'm telling you right now that these things are happening. You can see that states are trying to keep one of the two candidates off the ballot. And it's not just the couple that you probably heard about on the news. There's multiple states. I think there's 18 states right now that are trying to keep Trump off the ballot and there's another 10 trying to keep Biden off. So if you don't think that that's not going to get the ire of some people when the Supreme Court says, no, you have to let whoever on the ballot and then that whoever wins, that's going to piss them off. So it's really just something that we all should keep in the back of our minds we all should be aware of what's going on and in all honesty (laughs) we need to quit worrying about color religions we need to quit worrying about the things that the mainstream media is telling us to worry about about black people and white people and hispanic people and and worry about what's actually going on and it, and it also, and I even brought this up like a week or two ago when Dick Durbin brought up the whole point about um, <clears throat> making some of these migrants become military members. And uh, I posed the question that whenever you're asking, how would our military ever force us to do whatever? Well, if the military isn't American citizens, there's your answer. So if there was a new civil war, would it be so easy for our our military as we know it now to go against the state of Florida or Georgia or Texas or whoever and kill American citizens? I don't think that's the case because your military is built from people all over this country. 
But if that military is built from people from outside of this country, they give two shits about you in Florida or Georgia or Texas or wherever you're from. Keep that in mind. When you hear the things that you should be hearing, keep that in mind. And whenever, whatever state you live in and one of your lawmakers are proposing that these are the things that should be done, <laughs> keep that in mind when it comes to voting. That these people aren't there for your interest. And if they're not there for our interest, they need to go. So, anyway, speaking of going, I'm out of here. You guys, please make sure you're following the show on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Ticker Talker, and True Social at Don't Tread on America. And then uh, also on the Twitter X machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And also, if you're not on any of those, you can check me out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From all of those situations, you can reach the DTOM store as well as whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Like I said at the beginning of the show, guys, you're just helping me out. Free shipping. You know, just helping me out. And another way you can help me out also, like I said, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please make sure you're following, you share. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, if you can please leave a rating, that would help tremendously. Other than that, guys, it is January 1st, 2024. It's a new day of a new year and a new time. And I want to be optimistic, but I'm afraid it's hard to be because of the things that I can see and that I know and that I fear might be coming. Anyway, you guys have a fantastic rest of your Monday. And I'll be back here probably, uh, I don't know, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, but definitely Thursday. If not, you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you again then. See you later.